Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Four Transplants and a Microphone. We are broadcasting this time from Belmont. We are in TechWorks, actually my office, so a little bit unique for me, but introduce around the room. We've got a guest today, so Jack's going to introduce our guest, but I'll start us off. Brian Johnson, and I am the owner of Maine & Johnson. Brandon with Superior Data Solutions. Jack Tompkins with Pineapple Consulting Firm, and today we have a fourth transplant, the rare moving north to Charlotte. Been in sales roles and accounting roles, does speaking, all sorts of good stuff. John Sanchez, we met, I don't know, probably a couple years ago at this point. Yeah, it's probably been um, a couple of years. Yeah, chatted a bit, and I think you had a fun term. You used to be an accountant, and now you're not, but I'll let you kind of take it away, give us <laughs> yeah. a little intro. <laughs> yeah, the one that people seem to remember is a recovering accountant. Yeah. <laughs> and I always say I'm a recovering accountant, I'm not in a 12-step program. <laughs> years ago, I realized that I needed to be in one for my communication skills. So to make a long story short, at a happy hour, someone that I didn't know but that worked at the same company as me let me know that we got into a conversation. And they're like, you know, you seem like a nice guy, but I, I, I hate to tell you, but I thought you were a jerk until this conversation. <laughs> and I was like, well, why? And they basically proceeded to tell me that they had said hi to me a bunch of times in the hallway, and I completely ignored them. And when I reflected, I, of course, quickly changed the right. topic because it was like really embarrassing and uncomfortable. So the next day at the office, I asked a couple of guys that I was good friends with at work. It's like, I don't do that, do I? And they were like, oh, yeah, you kind of do it all the time. And I started thinking about it, and I realized that I had what to me was a really high-stress job. I worked in M&A. Everything that I did went straight to like senior VPs, board of directors, and I was like 26, 27. It was, you know, I wasn't that far out of college. Was three years ago. Yeah, just maybe a few four, years ago. <laughs> So I realized I was, when I was walking down the hall, I was usually looking at something that we were going to talk about in a meeting, and I was concerned that something was wrong with this report that I did. I said, you know, am I going to be able to answer the questions? And I was just stressed out all the time. So I realized I had a real problem with my awareness, and it really pissed me off even more because I always felt like I had a really good knack for just getting along with anyone, like the janitor, the CEO, it didn't matter. I just, I grew up an army brat. So I had to learn to make friends fast, so I always felt like I could get along with anyone. So it really ticked me off that like, I was giving other people the impression that I was a jerk. So I just started looking for self-improvement stuff. I started reading How to Win Friends and Influence People, you know, all the classic stuff, started going to seminars, and just got into self-improvement. And then about, it's been about 10 years now, about 10 years ago, somebody just found me on LinkedIn and said, hey, we're looking at your background. Would you be interested in speaking at a conference? I was like, well, how does this work? I never even heard of speaking. I was yeah. an accountant, like right. a finance guy. People tell me I'm a jerk. Why do you want me to speak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Did, when you were doing my background view, did you notice it said accountant? I'm yeah. not sure. Well, I just want to check first. So, so this brings up a good point, actually. So <laughs> the, very thorough, clearly. The conferences were budget and forecast conferences, right? Okay. Uh, and they were like, we're looking for someone to speak on demand forecasting. And my first thought was... I'm not sure exactly what that is. It's a very specific niche, right? I said, but tell me more about this. And they were like, well, we'll pay all your expenses. We'll fly you out. I think it was San Jose. We want you to speak for an hour on this topic. And it's a room full of CFOs. Now, you got to keep in mind, at this time, I was doing small business finance consulting work. And my prime targets were like mid-market CFOs and controllers. And they were like, okay. it's a room full of those people. 
and we'll pay you two grand to speak for an hour on all your expenses. I'll be there in 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Sign, <laughs> right. sign me up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no brainer. So I went online and found the experts in demand planning and got their books and came up with a presentation and was sweating bullets when I went to this thing because I thought, imposter syndrome, right? They're going to find me out in a minute because these are all finance people. But being the accountant and finance guy that I was, I'm thorough and you know, really researched it well, and it went well. They asked me back, and I ended up doing about a half a dozen of those for them that year. Wow. But I still, it's, it did not occur to me that was anything other than just this side thing. Made me a few bucks, but I didn't really think that much of it. And then one day, somebody else asked, a different organization asked me to speak for them, and I went, wait a minute, two grand for an hour? Yeah. You don't have to be an accountant here. What if I actually proactively tried to get work like this? I like this work. Like I, you're, so if you haven't done this before, you're like a mini celebrity when you do that, right? Because yeah. you get a name tag that's a speaker, and everybody wants to sit with you at lunch and all this stuff. And it was kind of an ego stroke. And coming from a background where I was typically working in spreadsheets, I wasn't working with people a lot, and I kind of got bit by the bug. So I started fig trying to figure out how to get more work like that. So between 2013 and today, I transitioned from only doing finance consulting to doing a little bit of like speaking and training. And now I jokingly say, unless you kick in my door and throw a bag of money at me, I don't do finance consulting stuff anymore. So uh, you're and nobody's kicked in my door and thrown money at me <laughs> to do that stuff. So. Right. So I pretty much yeah. do training, mostly for accounting and finance people, teaching them how to do what I did, which is stop being a jerk, right. don't have crappy communication skills, and shortcut what took me a long time to go through a lot of training material to figure out who was actually good at this stuff and what was the stuff I actually should study. And so I try to also to tailor it to accounting and finance folks. Yeah. So you and I talked and you helped me put together some content for like a visual communication piece that I do. Yeah. So. And so now we're mostly speaking, right? And it's, yep. what kind of teams are you talking to? It's five, 10 team, five, 10 person teams. Are you talking to bigger organizations? No, no, like huge, organizations. So huge enter organizations. Yeah, enterprise level companies. So okay. I've done training for Discovery Channel, Verizon, Oracle Computers, the AICPA, a couple of state societies mm -hmm. of CPAs. That's cool. Wow. Network Build Grow in Charlotte, pretty much the same. Yeah, as Network you know. Build Grow in Charlotte. <laughs> yep. Wow. That's pretty. And so you're talking to specifically anybody in that finance realm, but team by team, you're talking to them? So there's a couple of different <clears throat> types of crowds that I'll talk to. One would be so my clients typically will be associations. Okay. So I'll use it as an example, the AICPA, right? So if you're a certified public accountant, a CPA, typically they'll belong to a state society of CPAs, and they'll also belong to the AICPA, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. As a CPA, you have to have a certain amount of continuing education every year. I think it's every two years, actually, to maintain your license as a CPA, right? Right, okay. So these associations, part of the benefit they offer is training at a discount that qualifies for those continuing education credits. So I typically am working with the association. So I sell the association on hiring me, and then typically they'll put the butts in the seats. They'll just put out a notice or they'll advertise on this day at this time, we have this topic with this instructor, they fill the room, 
and I'll do the training. Oh, I and then I'm guessing sometimes one of those butts then hires you to come into their company. Sometimes, yeah. So that's, that's the most common scenario. The second scenario, that's, it's actually pretty common as well, it's what they call open enrollment. So they, excuse me, that was one called open enrollment, right? So they'll just put on their website and they'll advertise however they advertise to all the people that are members. Sure. Anybody could sign up. They also, I don't know if AICPA does, but I have another client where they have an internal sales team and they'll actually make outbound calls hmm. on big companies to sell them their training. And they've got a whole library of different topics and different trainers. I'm just one guy on a roster for them. And that's how I've done training for some of the bigger companies, is they'll just go out and call on them. And in that case, it will be one company and their finance or accounting team or some conglomeration of finance and accounting people, but all working for that company. Very nice. Wow. That's pretty. And so when this is all since you've been in Charlotte, right? Because you moved up from South Florida. Right. What kind of year are we talking? What was the move uh, up here for? 07. Okay. Yeah. So genius move on my part. Moved to Charlotte right before the economy tanked. <laughs> Didn't know a soul. Right? Oh, yeah. That's moved tough. here in 07. Only to be Trump that those that moved here like right in March 2020. Right. Where everything got shut down. Yeah. 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 That's the, the only ones that were worse off than you. Yeah. Right. That probably would be. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It actually, it was good when I first moved here. So I moved here from South Florida. I grew up most of, most of my, I look at it as most of my life in South Florida. I moved about a dozen times yeah. before I graduated high school because I was an army brat. But my dad retired right outside Homestead Air Force Base, which is, Homestead's a suburb of Miami, about 40, 45 minutes south of Miami. And so I lived, in, and then, so graduated high school in Homestead, went to school at Florida State, got my accounting degree, and then I went back to Miami, worked in a bunch of jobs, first at a CPA firm, then I worked at... I'm going to date myself here, but I uh, worked at Blockbuster. Nice. Back when Blockbuster was the 10-ton gorilla. So I don't talk about that much anymore <laughs> because it, it makes me sound super but, old. Yeah. Like, it would be worse if you were like, and I was the one that said, no, let's not get right. into streaming. <laughs> let's stick with DVDs. Netflix is nothing. Let's it's not worry about it. It's funny you that. I use that as an example in one of my courses, but maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe not. <laughs> Down the line. So work for some big companies there. I moved here basically after, so Hurricane Wilma hit in 05, and I lived in a condo that got a lot of water damage, and I actually ended up replacing like 40% of the drywall, I ended up getting sick, I got, I developed asthma and allergies and all this stuff, and I was like, you know, my parents lost their house in 91 when Hurricane Andrew came through. I lost everything I owned in that one. I want to get out of Hurricane Alley, and yeah. so... It took me a while to kind of get everything together, sell my condo, and decide to move. And I made a list, like lots of people do, and then Charlotte made the short list, and I was like, well, let me go check it out first. So before I moved here, I came in person, and the first thing I realized when I walked down Tryon Street in Uptown was I must have been looking at outdated demographics, because the demographics made me think I was going to be like the single Latino dude in Charlotte, and nothing could have been further from the truth. So I was very pleasantly surprised. Everybody here, so I grew up in the Miami area where people can live next door to each other for 20 years and not know their neighbor. Right. And they just kind of look at everybody like right. you're just part of this crowd, you know. So I got a little taste of the South in college because I went to school at Florida State, which is in Tallahassee, almost in Georgia. Right. Uh, so I really liked how friendly everybody was here. I liked the seasons because I grew up, it's just always hot. 
Yeah. It's either raining or it's not, but it's always hot. <laughs> there were two seasons. There were warm weather season and monsoon season. Yeah, yeah. pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we got a touch of the seasons. We, we cover that a lot because yeah. a lot of it's, you know, Charlotte's a transplant city. All of us have moved, Connecticut, Ohio, L.A., respectively. And that seems to be a common thing. People move here for the weather, whether it's, in Brian and I's case, we were trying to get rid of six months of winter. In your case, you're trying to just get a little dash of winter. Yep. Get, get rid of six months Splash. of winter. Right. Well, did, and I didn't realize we get sometimes all the seasons in one week. Right. You know, right? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it was 85 yesterday and 44 today. Yeah. You, you knew it was time to pack your bags when you saw the devil actually moving out of that area. Right. You know? <laughs> the funny thing is, when I was in college, that's when I started meeting people from different parts of the country. And I would joke with people that lived up north, like I've never had to scrape sunshine off my window. Right? <laughs> I was brainwashed to think that hot was just optimal for everyone, right? right. Like that was paradise, is heat. And since I've lived here, I'm like, why would anyone want to live in like 90 degrees and 90% humidity all the time? So do you like the cold? Like when it's winter here? I do. Do you, yeah. like, do you ever go to like mountains and see some snow or? Yeah. Yeah, wow. All the time. That's as much as really I really get into this argument a lot. It's not really winter here. It no. just it's like the seasons, they just it's when both spigots are turned off and then like <laughs> that's the temperature, right? You know, yeah. But to a South Florida guy, this is yeah, I mean, this is some serious winter. What are we talking here? This is about as much winter as I would like for more than a few days. Okay. Yeah. Which that's well said. What do we get here? Like an inch of snow every couple of years, maybe? Yeah. Like we get an inch of snow and the city shuts down. Oh, yeah. For and all you guys that lived up north are like, what, what's wrong with these people? Yeah, we're outside in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, cool, day off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys are looking at it all wrong. <laughs> it's a day off. <laughs> Except when you work for yourself. Yeah. Well, I get it, but I can work at home, so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So I, you work from home, is that you're fully remote or what's the deal? Yeah, so home office. Yep. I do face-to-face -face training sometimes. Okay. Obviously, since COVID, much, much less. But I was doing a lot of webinars way before COVID. Way before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, OG back webinar. when WebEx was like the king of webinars. I got a, just like a normal meeting request from somebody the other day from, I think it was ADP or something like a pretty well-known company. And they sent me a WebEx link. I was like, hey, like, this is probably wrong, right? Like, I don't know if this is an old link. Like, didn't you mean to send Zoom or something? Like, no. Still yeah. <laughs> I was, well, was Did the email come from an AOL account? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you laugh. It. I have customers that have AOL. <laughs> Accountants, actually, turns I, out. I didn't even know until I got one from someone with an AOL account. I didn't even know they still existed. Yeah. I'm, that's like how I've... Yeah, I well, put you, myself on like a media blackout in, in certain. Right. We well, their signature block. They also list their MySpace page too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have. I literally have two customers that are CPAs that use AOL and will not, under any circumstances, get off of it. I'm like, you know, you're not supposed to use this, right? And let me guess, they use faxes every day too. <clears throat> no, they don't fax, but they definitely love their AOL. Well, <laughs> let me guess, they pay their invoices on time. <laughs> No, it turns out, because AOL strips the damn PDF out of the... Do they yeah. still cut physical checks? Yes. I still have a client or two that sends me physical checks. I'm like, what? you guys are like a society of... I won't say the state. You're like a society of CPAs, and you're sending me a physical check. Yeah, I got. I have one of those. Okay. I have a tech company client, and they use a... Pro, the, I think it's called like Bill.com or one of those, whatever, and they send a check in the mail. And yeah, like, I, you know, I guess you avoid bank fees, so I can't complain that much. And they send it 
in the mail on the due date, so it's not technically late. I get it, whatever, five days later. Yeah, it takes forever. Yeah. I don't, my thing is, look, there. you're sending me a check. I'm not going to complain. It just still kind of seems weird. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to complain about getting checks because, one, they take forever to get to you, if they ever get to you, because the mail, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> then I have to get the checks and then take them to the bank. That's two. Yeah. Oh, no, you just need the mobile app. Yeah, mobile. You, but even then, here's number three. Go ahead. I know what you're going to say. Wait, no, go. Let's tell oh. me what three so is. So number three is, but then when it's actually an amount that I'm proud to receive, the bank says, well, we're going to go ahead and only give you this much yeah. available funds. Uh, yes. And the other $4,000 we're going to hold until yes. we communicate yeah. back to the other bank to make sure it's okay. Yes. And but it's if, a, if it were done like just through like a credit card transaction or an ACH, it's instant. In yeah. The, the ACH, it's, it's amazing. You just log in and say, pay now, click, and it just pays it. I yeah. wonder if that's an issue like i don't know if you do online courses i wonder if as you go up in the volume that you do with online course i guess anytime you're taking dealing with any kind of online payments th there's a chance that could happen i've heard some a few stories of nightmares where people just had like that hockey stick growth and they had a hiccup in getting paid because of that because it was like wait a minute well the onlines i never yeah onlines i get a problem it's the physical yeah. check and when you get check in hand and you yeah. hand them the, the reason is every touch point in that process doesn't want this process anymore right yeah. and so like because the last thing the bank wants at the end of this rainbow is to validate the check and give you the funds up front and then have to go back and fight with the other bank if it doesn't clear like yeah. it, because when it's online they're instant automatic they've already got yeah, the process sense. set up so it goes through at each stage without a hitch. Like it's validated, verified, and confirmed all at the same time. Yeah, I've had on multiple occasions yeah. where I have a batch of checks that are postmarked from six months ago. And I called the customer and I'm like, hey, we never received payment. Well, we sent it. And I'm like, just put a stop payment or whatever. And then like five days later, I get a batch of checks that are six months postmarked. I'm like, this is ridiculous. How did you lose this batch of checks for six months? What's interesting, if you trace processes and you start to see where people get paid and how people get paid, like I was having a conversation yesterday with this company, they're trying to sell me on basically monetizing my LinkedIn group, right? So of course you have to then invite those people to some group yeah. off of LinkedIn to do any kind of monetization, right? right? And so their sales guy opens with, well, you realize LinkedIn hates you, right? <laughs> like, what? Me personally? I, that <laughs> would keep me on the phone for a minute, though. That's not a bad opener. Well, I kind of understood what he meant because I've tried some, out, some cold outreach on LinkedIn and got flagged be, just because of the volume of outreach I was doing. Yeah, because if you go over a certain amount in a day, like 25 reach outs in a day or something like that, you get flagged. And if the next day you hit 25 again, you it'll kick yeah, you. Yeah, and their logic, at least what they told me was, this looks like you might be using an automation tool, which okay, is against our question. terms of service. Right. Okay, that was my question. To which I said, okay, I'll dial it back. I mean, you know, I had somebody I was paying to do that outreach, so I didn't have to do it. So You're like, you trust kinda, me, this is copy and paste. This isn't automated. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can dial it up as much as you're willing to spend. But I quickly realized, yeah, LinkedIn doesn't hate us. They just... They want to control the point of contact. Yes, and yeah. they want to get paid that Navigator money. So yeah. Yeah. turns yeah. out you can do 25 without Navigator. Yeah, Navigator, you can do 100, 150. Yep. Right. Oh, that's good to know. Yes. Yeah. I use Navigator too. Yeah. I've used it off and on. So I'm curious yeah. what you guys have used it for that 
you felt was worth the Navigator price? I do not use Navigator anymore, so that'll that'll dictate my... uh, Just for me on the consulting end of what we do, it's not something that I can just walk out this door and find everybody. So you've got to go search. So it's usually, I don't use it to sell as much as just to make network connections and gotcha. people that wind up seeing things in my feed and stuff. Searching like and filtering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, has a, it has advanced search yeah. stuff. We, we've, I don't know. And we've had a lot of conversations in previous episodes, not that this isn't still relevant and good, but like on LinkedIn and it's like, yeah. we've all been that one that you, like right now I'm on a trend where I get these, you know, somebody wants to connect with you and her name is Anna Z. And it's like, your last name is Z. Yeah. And then before I can even like click on it, the message says like, LinkedIn is flagged. This is an unauthorized user and it's probably automated. I get a lot of those. So I have a LinkedIn group and I get a lot of those that try to join because I have it set up so I have to approve them to join, which I just switched recently and we'll probably switch it back because now I'm getting a lot of these where you look at the profile and there's no profile picture. They've got like three connections and like not even a fully completed profile. I'm like, yeah, yeah well, that's not gonna. My, my classic yeah. favorite was I got this, and of course they all, and I know this is stereotypical, but they come in as like fairly attractive younger women that are their profile picture. I don't know if that's them. Right. And it was like executive assistant at, I don't know, I'm just picking a company. It was like Columbia Out, Outerwear and educated Cambridge. And it's like, and you're an executive assistant. Like, right. I didn't know they had a program for that. You right. know, like, get, putting all the pieces together, they missed one tiny detail. That doesn't jive. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of those where it's, it seems very clear that they're just looking at my profile picture going, oh, gray hair, works in finance, probably has money. And, you know, it's just clearly has nothing. They know nothing about me, my business, any of that. Do you play in the gold market? You know, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. I get asked that one all the time. Do you need a reverse then, mortgage? Well, I love like they'll message you. At first, it, some of them sound pretty good and then you'll get the, we should t- continue this conversation on WhatsApp. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. It's because you want it encrypted. But, and how about this one? You're a coach, right? So yeah. you must get these like day in and day out. We help coaches go from, you know, X to Y revenue. We help coaches convert, you know, more prospects to customers and all this. And I've made the mistake, I mentioned to you, I've got it somewhere in my profile, the word coach, but I don't actively market myself as a coach. I don't actively do any coaching. I've done some coach training. So it's in my profile somewhere, but I get this stuff all the time. And I'm like, you guys already disqualified yourselves. Because if you spent five minutes reading through my profile, you'd realize I have absolutely no use for what you guys do. Right. I, unfortunately, for a stretch, considered this a bit of a sport where I wanted to see if I could flip the script on that person. (laughs) And so there were plenty of times where I would get like an offer like that. I mean, I don't remember an exact one, but it would be like, actually, I do a lot of pro bono work for my clients. That would be great, though, if you wanted to sponsor me with this and not charge me. And you never hear another thing again. Did you, you remind me of, there's some, I can't remember. It's spicy. I have to do something. Yeah. So. Well, that's, some, that breaks the algorithm too, if you respond. Yeah. So, all right, Don, go ahead. There's some comedian that has a whole bit about a wrong number that he got. And he says, you know, the guy calls me and he says, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I thought, this could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so he literally just acted like he was whoever the guy asked for and got into a full conversation with this guy and left the guy confused. And he's like, well, I'm gonna call Nora and I'll call you back because I I need clarification. And he gets into like a whole series of conference calls with these people until finally like four or five calls later, the jig is up. 
because they somehow figured it out. And I'm like, this reminds me of what I thought about doing when I was like, I don't know, eight, ten? Frank right. like, Prank calls. Prank calls <laughs> like, I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just, you know. Yeah. I am. I'm sport of it. <laughs> you want it's kind of fun just to see it. Or when they come back and they're like, well, do you invest in the gold market? And Well, actually, I personally don't, but I have somebody that invests my money for me. For me. I like yeah. that. And then they keep, because they're not allowed to like disengage until you basically say no. And yeah. so I just never say no. I just keep the conversation going yeah. to see how much of their time I could waste. And yeah. I've heard one I, of the I got comedians out of say it's a very COVID thing I did. He'll do the same thing. This comedian that was talking about this said, the hardest part for me is not cursing because apparently a lot of these, their customer service training tells them, unless they curse it, you you just have to, you have to keep be going. courteous back, right? Oh. Yeah. So he's like, I have to be real conscious because you know I kind of have a dirty mouth, um, <laughs> and sometimes I'll slip up, and then that's when they can hang up on me. But until then, he's like, I get away with the craziest crap. I well, just ask him the dumbest questions. Yeah, because you can be an insane person without swearing. Well, and I still love your conversation with QuickBooks. Yeah. You just shared that yesterday at a yeah. thing, but that's funny. Yeah, between QuickBooks and Ring Central, it's now a sport. I just keep them on the phone. I told the guy the last time, I was like, well, I don't have anything to do today, so I'm going to keep you on the phone as long as I possibly can. <laughs> you actually I said, say that? Yeah, I said, because oh, he said he wouldn't it. get his, he wouldn't get his, he didn't have a supervisor present at that location. He said, I'm the only one here. I said, I can hear like 50 people talking in the back. <laughs> oh, they're leaving. They're going home right now. Uh, I said, all 50 of them are leaving at one time. I said, even your manager? I was like, so you could just do whatever you want right now? You could just start throwing papers in the air? Yeah, so and does that mean take you your pants off you're sitting there. Hey, what's, what's your favorite video game? Why don't we hop on a video game? I was like, I hope yeah. you got the next 24 hours blocked out because we're going to have some quality time yeah. within 50, I mean, within five minutes. Oh, yeah, my manager's here now. He just came in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he got what he wanted. Yeah, got, and then it turned out manager fixed it. After 20 hours, he, he finally got in there and because oh, you just have a licensing issue. <laughs> I think if I didn't have such a public-facing presence between just LinkedIn, you know, I do a podcast, I got a YouTube channel, I, you know, I post on social media, I speak at events. So my bread and butter is people knowing who I am. Right. You're the brand. You're the personality. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, like if yeah. I was like behind the curtain, if nobody like knew who I was, I just, I probably would have a lot more fun with stuff like that. Just I have to add it into the persona. Yeah, <laughs> I've been told you should make, just like, set up an email, you know, pay the 20 bucks a year or whatever, set up just a fake person that you could be, like, what, you know, John Smith at, and he's a client rep, and you can just do all of that same stuff. As I wouldn't be surprised if there are people that do that that we just don't know that right. that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, and you can have any sort of fun you want. Like, oh, man. No. Sounds fun. Yeah, I'm in. Wild. Yeah. You'd be good at it. I think you'd be good at it. I have conversations in my head, like, back and forth anyways, so I mean, I might as well make one of them, like, real. Yeah, bring a couple personalities <laughs> to the table. <laughs> when I was a kid, I wanted to be, like, a, an actor or a comedian until I realized that, oh, I'm just, like, water cooler funny. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, like, lunch room funny. I'm good right. at telling other people's jokes. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. about it. Yeah, I can recite facts. <laughs> right. I listen to enough podcasts that have comedians on them to realize, like, yeah, it's, that's a whole different skill. They got a whole yeah. other skill. Yeah, it's tough. I, I like the quick wit, and but putting together a set would be a whole other thing. Speaking of your podcast, so you've got the you've got the LinkedIn group, which is FPNA folks, right? You've got the yeah. podcast, you've got YouTube channel, and website, all this stuff. 
as we wrap up here, best way to connect with you? Do you want to plug anything with that? What do you got going on? Yeah, I guess the easiest way, my main focus right now, at least with kind of getting the word out, is my podcast. It's only been around since January. It's morethanwordshow.com. And you can see all of the, I've got links there to my business website. So that's where I point people now because I'm trying to get more exposure for that than anything else. We could probably help you really get above a million viewers, kind of like we've done, or yeah. a million oh, listeners. Great. So, yeah, awesome. if, if you're familiar yeah. with Joe Rogan, he learns from us. Yeah. We are oh, actually a little. Oh, dude, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you guys are checking the wrong podcast apps. <laughs> oh wait, those are the ones I follow. <laughs> I don't follow this one. <laughs> No, John, thank you for coming, man. This is yeah, a lot of fun. I awesome. uh, appreciate it. Hope you get some more podcast listeners from it, and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch, man. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, man. If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. Then I'd be